I'm Gab, he's Jules, Blue Skies over West London. I'm back, thank you, you to Nadem for filling in. He did yes. it very, very capably. Yes, Jules, he did. But he said, like, you guys have fantastic chemistry. <laughs> I, should I be jealous here? Nah, it's all just right, that we right, live right, together right. in Doha for the World Cup, you know, so. We have a full show for you today yeah. because so many big clashes in Germany, Union Berlin against Bayern, we have Barcelona losing, we have the League Cup final, yes. so much going on, but... Let's start in North London. Chelsea against Spurs. Chelsea uh, losing 2-0. Six games without a win the last time that happened. And she was in 2012-13. We'll get to Chelsea, but... How about my man Christian Stellini? Yeah, Winning I again. Him. I know. Cote's head exploding somewhere in Turin where he's still <laughs> recovering. This is a really big win for Spurs. Huge win uh, for the that race for top four, of course. They go back to four. They've got two games in hand over, over Newcastle, but still very But Newcastle have two games in hand. Yeah, so yeah. They've, got, they've played two more games. Uh, three home wins in a row now. City, West Ham and, and Chelsea now. Three difficult games, really. Two London derbies. Keeping the same starting eleven than they did against West Ham, which means that... Son Hong Min was a super sub again. Not sure I agree with that, but he's working. Uh, and they were very solid, nothing exceptional. There was nothing in the way they played. They were just kept their shape well, very solid. And I think they knew that at some point Chelsea would, would, would mess things up and, and that they could exploit some of Chelsea's weaknesses, which is exactly what happened. A lot of things went wrong for Chelsea. Thiago Silva, of course, going off uh, injured. Yeah. Um, there's a broader. Graham Potter issue. I mean, we even saw Alba Mayang at one point, like yeah, kind of like I mean, the, just throw everything at the wall. Um, I suppose if it's Alba Mayang, it's not David Datro Fofana. So, you know, that's, that, that's something. Yeah. Um, but the reality now is Chelsea have a bunch of home games coming up. So that's good. What's bad is, is it still two wins in 15 games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these numbers, like they've scored 23 goals in 24 games a season, fewer than Erling Holland on his own. On his own. Um, they've got a negative goal difference. Like, I mean, can you wrap your head around it? I, just, I don't think it's only on Potter. It's all on him, certainly. But I think he doesn't help himself when he takes off Joe Felix, who's clearly been Chelsea's best player in the game, not just in this game, like since he arrived really at the club, bar the, the red card, I guess, yeah, against Fulham. he didn't play because he got yeah, yeah. so stupidly sent off. Yeah, 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 true, but when he's played, and even yesterday he was the most lively, the, the only one trying to make something happen, the others were just an addition of individuals, really, on that pitch. There was no cohesion, which is on Potter. His, his substitutions are wrong. Even his starting eleven, to a certain degree, you can, you can really wonder... What's going on there? I mean, I see nothing from... Re- You've got two of the best fullbacks in the country and yet you don't use them really like you should because there's no Wait, plan in the place. Chilwell? Chilwell and James. You know, who's been Chilwell, who's been injured and in It doesn't and matter. Out, They're fit like- now. They play. They're the two, two of the best fullbacks in the country and you don't utilise their strength. Like Reece James, there was just, just, there's just nothing in that game. What annoys me is there's no overlap. There's no plan. There's no... All you do is give the ball, I give the ball to you, see what you can do. You give the ball back to me, I see what I can do. There's just, not, there's just nothing collectively in that team well, and that's on him. That's actually one of the points that I find most mystifying, right? Because you mentioned Joe Felix, I made my thoughts on this guy you know, clear many, many times. Yeah, it's expensive, uh, but he's good for them. I, he's, he's, he's a very gifted footballer. The problem is... Potter is supposed to be all about collective and stuff and, mm. and, and kind of like making the whole greater than some of the parts and different parts yeah. interacting. If the plan is just to give the ball to him 
and wait for him to do something. Um, it's not, it's, I don't need Potter to do that. I can get yeah, any yeah. schlub who goes and like, you know, says, all right, you guys defend, give the ball to Joe Felix, you guys run off and wait for him to do something, right? And that's not a plan, especially when this guy's on loan. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and you know what? You can pretend, uh, Chelsea owners, that, oh, but George Mendes is a great businessman. He's my friend, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If Joe Felix has a storm in six months, you're going to have to pay through the nose for him if you want to keep him. You know, that's the reality of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I That's what I really struggle with. But the question many Chelsea fans are asking, should they just sack him now? I just, right now, Gab, I don't, uh, you might, you might, not agree with me, I don't see how this can improve. Yeah, you play Leeds at home in the next game and you'll have a week to prepare because... You, know, you decided because to let somebody else win the FA Cup this year. Yeah. So, we, you can say, oh, say, let's wait at Stamford Bridge on, on, at the weekend against Leeds. Okay, maybe you can. But then, but then even a win then would not solve everything. Yeah, okay, it will buy you a bit of time. What, what's I your definition of solving everything? My, my issue is that, like, you can wait to see, okay, give him a bit more time and then we see his methods is going to come through. I'm just not sure, I'm not even sure that's the case. I just think this club is too big for him. I see no reason to sack Graham Potter now in terms of risk, What's the reason to keep him? advantage. What's the reason uh, to keep him? You sack Graham Potter if you need, if you're in an emergency situation where you're in danger of relegation, right? If, if you reach, if you reach that point in the level, in, in, in the season where, okay, everything's broken. You don't sack Potter now on the basis that he's not the right man to bring you forward because the reality is if you sack him now, not only will it cost you money, um, but <laughs> it doesn't seem to be much of an issue here, but, um, but you're going to bring somebody else in who will cost you money and who probably won't be your permanent guy because it's not like now in February, at the end of February, you're going to go and get somebody. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, the lack relevant. of replacement is a problem here if I, you want to sack him. I think what you do, and I, I'm just going to go back through this about, well, you know my thoughts on sacking Tuchel when they sack Tuchel, right? Yeah. So I just want to go back. I'm not, I'm not, people are going to say this, oh, it's a defense of Graham Potter. No, it's not a defense of Graham Potter. It is stating the reality of what he encountered, right? This is a club which, you know, it, it was like Pol Pot in Cambodia, right? A whole generation, a whole management org disappeared overnight including yeah. the owner and it happened in june when already you're supposed to be planning for the new season everybody's gone the only people left are todd bowley and igbali and thomas tuchel and they made a bunch of terrible decisions i think in the transfer market over the summer um, they made a bunch of bad decisions because Tuchel was going through a tough moment in his personal life. He was clearly strung out. He was clearly unwell. I mean, it doesn't take a genius. Remember the incident with Conte in the first, yeah, you know, you would look at him in like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, Bully didn't know what he was doing at the time. It was a steep learning curve for him. So it, my question whether he knows now. doesn't, yeah. There was no director of football, no head of scouting, no head of recruitment, nobody to negotiate the deals. He's hanging out with agents. So whatever. So you, you inherited this chaos. And then... He gets rid of Tuchel first week of the season. And you bring in a guy who's used to playing once a week, having all his time to train, never worked with, with big players, which doesn't mean he can't do it. But again, there's a learning curve there. He's used to having all his training sessions, can't do his training sessions, can't do the preseason. It was always going to be. Then, in January, you double down with a million new signings. And on top of that, you have a whole bunch of inner injuries, right? These are all of Potter's mitigating factors. And, yeah. and they're all real. Now, it doesn't mean that he needs to come back next season. But for me, there's no question that you do not sack him now 
I said, unless the situation degenerates and you're in danger of getting relegated. So you're closer to the bottom three than you are to the top four. That's right? fine, but you're still what? Like nine points clear and they're, they're still like... Yeah, no, I'm just saying. There's still like, seven teams But is this acceptable for a club like Chelsea? It's I, not... I, it's I not know everything you've just said, but the, 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 January, transfer, the, the, the January transfers, mm -hmm. you would think that Potter agreed to them, right? Yes, he so probably how, how can he moan now about, oh, but I've got loads of new players in January? Because well, that's what you wanted. Because yeah, he does. He could have said to Ekbali and Bolly, you know what, let's keep this squad like that because it's hard already for me to manage this squad. If you add, if you give me another eight players, it'd because be even he's harder. Graham Potter, he's not Jose Mourinho. He doesn't have care. the gravitas to go to the club. So when, then maybe he's wrong then for that position. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't have the gravitas to go to the club now, right? But presumably they looked at this together and presumably he had a hand. He, together with the guy, forget his name, who came with him from Brighton, who supposedly yeah, is Win another Stanley. one. Yeah, Win Stanley and Vival and all these supposed geniuses they have, right? And they're going long-term with all the kids they signed or whatever. I, but that's fine. Then don't moan. I, I'm, I've had enough of all this moaning now, all the complaining, all the excuses. Well, all we're the, asked like, the same questions, though. This is the worst. We, they okay. had the worst, the worst preseason ever. That's not why you lost to Southampton at home or why you right. lost to Spurs yesterday. Hey, but, I'm, but I'm sorry. If, if pretend, let's role play for a second, right? You be Graham Potter. If I ask you, hey, Graham, why are you so bad now, right? Yeah. What do you want him to say? Because I'm a bad manager? Or do you want him to, to give the actual reasons? All those things you said about the preseason, about all the new faces, they're building for next season now, and stuff like that. I mean, these are just facts, right? What's, what, what is he supposed to say? What, do you really think that the preseason in July in the United States is the reason why they lost to Southampton and they lost to Spurs? Well, like, I, I just question, why would you say that now? Like, what's, what's the point of saying okay. that? Him using Klopp, or Arteta to say, hey, look at Jurgen Club. Everybody wants him to go. Mm, I don't think so. I'm not sure many people want Jurgen Club to go right now. Why are you like since when? And we've seen that before, by and the he way. He said Arteta was bad for two years and like uh, Arteta, Arteta won was... the FA Cup six months in. Yeah, if Graham I mean... Potter wins something six months in, he will have more time. Right? You so. win the Champions League. That's yeah, the only go, thing he can win. Go on, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I just, I just don't know. And just before you, before you continue. When are we, if he's not the right guy, if this club is too big for him, if the task is too big for him, if he doesn't have the personality, he's a great coach and I, I want him to succeed because I want good coaches to succeed in big clubs. But what if he's just, he just doesn't have the personality, the guts, the status for it? Why if this club is too big for him, there's too much pressure. When do you realize it? When do you know and when do you okay. act on it? So I think, if that's the case. I think the answer to that is, for me at least, the answer to that is early May. In early May, so what they should be doing now, and what I think maybe they are doing if they're as smart, you know, I, it's funny, every so often, there are certain people, including some people in the media, who do a great PR job on behalf of yeah. Bali. You know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And you continuously get this thing about, oh, look, they have all the analysts with the Dodgers, blah, blah, yeah. blah, and like stuff like that, and long-term planning, and, and Fafana, and Malagusto, and all, you know, it's fine, right? Then... If they have all these smart analytical people, then what they're doing right now as we speak is they're setting some key KPIs, some key performance indicators yeah. about what will it take for us to keep Potter. And so they're going to look, I think, they're going to look at development of the players who, who are there, who, who have arrived, how the squad feels about Graham Potter, mm -hmm. and where they see this arc going. And I don't think they're going to go just based on where they are on the table because Chelsea could finish 10th at the end of the season and there could be individual progress in players. You, there are metrics that people can use and people can say maybe they go too far into the weeds in terms of analytics to see an improvement. If you can do that, 
then that's how in May you decide to keep Graham Potter. If not, then in May you still have enough time to go and pursue a top manager. I know it takes time and whatever, but you don't need to go and, yeah, and do no, it in yeah. February, right? Yeah. Get it for next season. It's difficult. It's expensive. You're destabilizing another club. No, you do it in May, and then you still have time when you bring in the new guy in, in June, if that is the direction you want to go in. What, what gets me, I mean, and I wrote about this last week, actually, um, this idea that, oh, all they need is a genuine center forward, right? I was thinking about this. And yeah. I, you know, you know, yesterday I was thinking about that. Yesterday. You know where I'm going with this, right? So, and, and a lot of this was on the back of the, the, the game in the Champions League. The when Dortmund they had, game, yeah, yeah, the Dortmund game, right? Kai Havertz's numbers... Right when they say, "Oh, he's not a ten because he—he's not a—he's—he's he's a false nine, yeah. right?" So, hey, I agree with you. Harvest is a raw talent. We, did, we played all over pitch at Leverkusen. Yeah. Danny played a little bit up front, but that was a weird lineup. You know, weird setup back then. Comes here, Lampard used him in midfield on the wing, wide up front, whatever, right? But people get angry at him because, or people complain about him because he drops deep, he lays the ball off, he passes the ball, he does. The things that Benzema and Kane do. Yeah. The difference is Benzema and Kane score a lot of goals. Yeah. Now, if you go back a few years, I looked at Benzema's numbers from I think it was 15, 16, and 16, 17, which right, admittedly he was injured for part of those seasons, but in the games that he actually yeah, played, yeah, yeah. his production back then, very similar to Kai Havertz. Yeah, it would be like Kai, around 12, 15 goals per league a season. Kai Havertz is 23 years old, I think. You know, among center forwards in the league, in terms of, of XG. He is underperforming his XG, that's fine. But he's still, he's sixth or seventh in the league. He's not terrible with all the chaos around him. Yeah. So what I think is interesting is, and given the fact that San Christopher and Kunku, my reading is Chelsea are committed to having that type of forward. Yeah. And we said before, and Kunku scores a ton of goals when he plays up front and plays in a two. Yeah. So that's what I find really interesting about that and i wonder i don't know if potter is part of that um if he's not i whatever it is that seems to be the direction of travel yeah. that they're going in i think i want to say about Havertz is if you look back i don't think he's ever played this much football you know he plays every so, game it's yeah, not forward right yeah, i think yeah. he missed one game he was rested one game recently but that's it and i just don't think he's he's used to it he's accustomed to it um yeah, I'm not saying we need, I need to defend Harvard. I mean, what do I care no, about no, Harvard? No. But, but I still think Harvard can score more goals. And I think that the issue with the number nine, I, I understand that. The thing, they still create enough chances for... Uh, Harvest can score a goal. Joe Felix can score a goal. Like, you know, those Sterling can score a goal. They, they can score 10 goals a season, for example. Okay, you don't have one guy that will score you 40 goals a season, but you, you'll have four guys easily in that team that can score 10 a season. It's not that hard. And yet, I think the XG over the last 10 games is 10 or 9, yeah. and they scored 3. So it's, there's a problem somewhere, even if they've got capable players to, who can score. The other thing with Chelsea is, for all their spending, and they've obviously spent an enormous amount of money, I mean, I, I heard somebody say, oh, this is an all-star team. It's not. It's a team that's filled with very expensive players, mm -hmm. some of whom you know, have a high ceiling, or we think they have a high ceiling. But let me ask you now, who's a super? Who, who are Chelsea's three biggest, most reliable, most productive stars right now? What would you say? You mean on the like on the pitch? Yeah, on the, the pitch. performances, not yeah. the names. The performances. 
Thiago Silva is one. Thiago Silva, who's 38. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let me help you. Reese James and yeah. Kai Havertz. Yeah. Reese James certainly. Kai Havertz not as And Kai Havertz has not been performing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and beyond James that, I'm sorry, beyond yeah, yeah, no, the no. world of Sterling's and Ansel. Ansel, by the way, right? What did you, you were there. What did you think of his performance? So I, I can see him. So I was watching him at a warm up and he was very impressive. They were doing this little, like, little game um, where you had three, yeah, four players around, three in the middle, one. It was really impressive. Then in the game, he wants the ball all the time. I get that. And he almost gives an amazing ball to Joao Felix in the first right. half and nil-nil. But then, but th I know you think that he plays sideways too much. I think he plays sideways a lot because there's just nothing around him. There's not enough movement. There's not, he's not helped by Loftus-Cheek playing next to him, who was completely lost, by the way, in that game. Well, we said before, there's a lack of... There's, they, they, they haven't signed the guy next to Enzo, to play next to Enzo, to enable Enzo to play at his best either. But what I was the most disappointed on Sunday was the mistake that Enzo made on the skip goal. Because one, I think, once Kepa fumbles the ball, Enzo yeah. needs to protect the ball for Kepa to just get it, get it back. Yeah, I, and then when, when Enzo decides to clear the ball, which you, were, you, you, you are told when you were a kid at football, never clear the ball in the center of the pitch. Never. Do whatever you want, put it as a throw-in, even as a corner if you want. No. He kick it on the motorway, but what does he do? He hits it straight as keep right in the middle I, of the pitch. I mean, so I don't know. Did he miss hit that? I couldn't tell. I don't think so. Well, mean, was he trying to find? He was trying well, to hit. I don't Joel know what Felix. he was trying to do, but like By it the was way, completely Joel stupid. Felix as well on that goal. Yeah, it's a bit too easy. You need to put skip. him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you give away a free kick, you give away I, a free yeah, kick. Yeah, I give you that. But at least get in his way. I agree. I agree. And of course, Kepa, three mistakes in one yeah, on the goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get, you know, you put those together. Yeah. You can see why Potter feels a little yeah, bit completely, like, and that's not on Potter, and especially straight after the break, where I think Potter would have said, "Okay, let's let's stay solid defensively at least, and then with the ball, let's make exactly. something." And then you concede so early; it was that, that's it. The game was gone as soon as Kip scored that goal. Right. Uh, you know how we love talking about referees here. We need to talk about the uh, VAR oh, shenanigans. Um, so this was an incident where there was a. Tackle by, well, first it was Havertz who tried to tackle yeah. somebody, then it was Ziyech came in. Anyway, it was a massive scuffle. And the referee, Stuart Atwell, he, he ends up booking Havertz. Well, initially, he books Havertz, and then he, well, no, he sends off Hakim Ziyech initially. What happened was Emerson shoves Ziyech, who then Ziyech raises his arm and does a one yeah. arm shoved back. Tierney had his back, sorry, not Tierney. Um, Abel had his back to them, right? And he does not, he does not have eyes on the back of yeah. his head. Um, and he ends up, and now the confusion here comes from the fact that he books, Z he sends off Ziyech, and then he's talking to VAR, and he goes to the screen, sees the screen, and says, oh look, they shoved each other, so then rescinds the red, and he gives a yellow instead. Yeah. Now, he's talking to VAR, Paul Tierney, and a lot of people, uh, first of all, I gotta say this, all the people are like, oh, disrespect for the fans, blah, 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 why did it take so long, contempt for the fans, VAR, not me. I don't care. This is a big North London derby. You can wait five minutes for the right decision, if that's what it takes. Now, yeah. Should it have taken five minutes? I don't think so. But, but, but don't blame VAR yeah, yeah, no. if these people uh, execute it badly. What I don't understand, what we don't know, and Howard, you talked about making these conversations, Howard Webb, that is, you talked about these making these conversations public. This would be a good one to know. I want to know, did Paul Tierney, who's sitting in his VR box, who can yeah. see 
that clearly I will didn't didn't see the full incident. Did Paul Tierney say, hey, Stuart, don't do anything yet. This is what I see. Just go to the screen and sort it out because stuff was happening behind you. Did he say that to him? Because if he says that to him and Atwell says, no, 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 I'll do it based on what I saw on the pitch and then you correct me later, then fine. But if he didn't say that, then that's not the way it's supposed to work, right? Yeah, I think they forgot how it was supposed to work because one, the confusion was on the screens and the stadium. He never said that VAR was checking something, right? So there's the argy-bargy. Then one of the linesmen comes towards, towards the referee. They have a chat. Then the referee gives a yellow or maybe even two. And then for, for 30 seconds, he's there in the middle of the pitch. The body's on the floor. I think there's Dyer and maybe Longley around him and maybe Kai Havertz as well. And nothing is happening. But you don't know what's going on. You don't know why play is not resuming. It's not, <laughs> Zish is there and Ziyech looks like he got away with it and he knows it. And that's it. So we're all there waiting. So like, okay, what's going on? But clearly, Atwell is waiting for someone to say something to him. And then after 30 seconds, he goes, Ziyech, he's, look, he's looking yeah. for Ziyech. Ziyech, come so here. So it's more possible that Tierney told him... 100%. That that he was clearly waiting. Yeah. Okay, then I'm sorry. Then you know what? Paul Tierney, you get the... Well, who was the guy? Uh, you, you get the Lee Mason treatment. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, no, I no. think so I mean, now, it's, it's needed. It's not acceptable. It's not, we have to understand that refereeing and being a video assistant referee are two different skill sets. I don't yeah. think Paul Tierney is a particularly good referee, by the way, to begin with. But yeah. if this is what happened, this is what you're describing, then he's a terrible VAR. Oh. And I hope that right now they're investigating this because this is nonsense. But imagine that, so Atwell shows the red to Ziyech. Ziyech who is playing on the right wing, so he's close to the tunnel because he's on the side right. of the tunnel. So. Ziyech is walking, everybody's saying cheerio, blah, 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 right? He's about to go into the tunnel. Atwell blows his whistle and says, actually, wait here. Then runs all across the, the pitch because the VR screen is on the other side of the tunnel, the other side of the stadium. So Ziyech is there, it's like, well, hang on, I've been sent off now. I've never seen, Gab, I've never seen anything like that since the introduction of VAR. I... And then Atwell goes, it takes him 15 seconds. He said, actually, it's not that bad. Ziyech, come back in. I received the red, it's a yellow. I'm like, what is going on? If, if, I would have, if, if Howard Webb still had some hair, he would, between Lee Mason the other day, <laughs> the Brighton incident, the Suchek incident, this one now, back to back week almost, he would, oh my I, God. I want to be very clear on this before people on social media and in the comments below this video come out and say, oh, it's a difficult job. You think you can do a better job as a referee, blah, blah, no, blah. Come on. These referees in the this Premier League are the top 0.001% of referees, right? They are professional or quasi-professional. Yeah. They compete with each other. If you spend time with referees, they will tell you they are competing. They wanted to be the best referees. They yeah. want to get the biggest name. We need to recognize that they're not all created equal, that some referees are better, some referees have bad days, um, and the same goes for VARs. And we need to get rid of this nonsense about the next person who says, put an ex-player in the VAR, but come on, man. Seriously, like those people deserve a sledgehammer to the head. No, no, very simple. I'll do it myself, right? Uh, if it wasn't illegal, and would probably get me in trouble. Paul Tierney, like, come on. I, just recognize your mistake. And, and, I, and I hope, I hope this is what's happening. And look, I'll give credit to him. Maybe Webb is having a conversation with Tierney as we tape this and say, yeah. look, what happened? This is not how you do it. But this was right? shambles. So such I, a shambles. You want to see them improve. Like, I have a lot of time for Howard Webb. I've had the privilege yeah, of knowing him personally. I think we both I worked have. worked with him. Uh, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. 
And I think down the road, we're going to get a generation of people who are simply VARs, who are not Premier League referees, maybe yeah. for whatever reason, but who are good at assessing quickly, communicating well with the yeah. referees, and helping the referee, which is what everybody wants. Nobody wants to have Stuart Atwell look stupid out there no. because of somebody talk, because of a voice in his ear, right? That, that's not good for anybody. Um, a word, you, you feel strongly about this Richarlison song thing. I just don't understand why Hangmin Son is on is a super sub. Hangmin Son's been bad for most of the season. So is Richarlison. Richarlison never scored a goal in the Premier League this season. He scored two goals against Marseille in the Champions League, and I don't think he scored. I might be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he scored in the Premier League for Spurs this season. So what? Okay, he fights and he's feisty and he loves the shirt and okay, he he does a lot of pressing. Maybe I'm not even sure that's sufficient. Well, also Son does that too. To be fair, even when Son is bad, I just bad, don't he does understand. That. So now. I, and you end up with Kulusevski and, and Kane as the only two creative players really in that team. It's not Hoiberg, it's not your wing-backs, especially when Perisic is not playing, it's not Skippy. So, <laughs> that's true. I just, I just don't get it. I know it works and I suspect they will keep the same team again next weekend. But I just think right. it's a bit harsh on Sunday. And you know, what? I was, I was, when the players arrived an hour and a half before kickoff, they have to walk in the stadium to go into the, 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 the dressing room, the tunnel. And I was there and I saw them arriving, say hello to a few of them. And then Son was one of the last Spurs players. And by the time, by then, we didn't know the, the lineups. And I, I, I knew I knew at his face that he was on the bench again. And I just, maybe like you said, it's a way to get him, him back to his best. And we saw him scoring off the bench against West Ham, for example. I, I'm not so sure. Um, now, obviously Spurs is really important. Obviously, that they finish top four. Yeah, huge win now. It's head and head, head to head with with Newcastle. Newcastle have the two games in hand. Question: We make up the top four points. I'm not going to ask you percentages and predictions because, frankly, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. But if Spurs do finish top four, if they does that change the equation vis-a-vis -vis Conte and vis-a-vis -vis whether he stays or not? Because right now we have a situation where. Spurs haven't committed to him. Obviously, his contract's up at the end of the season. Yeah. Spurs have not committed to him. Yeah. But my understanding is, it's not like he's like banging at Levy's door saying, like, sign me no, up, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. No. no. Uh, he's talked about how he's reevaluated a lot of things in his life. He's almost having like a bit of a zen-like moment. Yeah. I don't think it's a negotiating ploy. No, me neither. And obviously, there's the other wild card, the fact that even though they deny it, I think we all know that Spurs... If somebody rocks up with four billion, they can have Spurs. Yeah, and then do you sell Spurs without a manager attached? Uh, yeah. Does that you know all these things coming together? So what I want to ask you is, are they better with Conte? Would you keep if Conte is motivated and wants to stay? We saw last season that he could do some really great things there when the squad is behind him, when he gets the support financially the backup that he wants I think I think he got that in a way they spend money they spend a lot of money for a lot of game. money you know Pedro Porro is a, is a very expensive player Richarlison is a very expensive player Kulusevski Bentoncourt in the end the, the, the two maybe individually are, are they were good value for money but they're still expensive together yeah. all of that that's a lot so you can't really complain about the lack of investment on his squad mm -hmm. I think if you're in the Champions League next season it's a, it's a bonus a huge bonus to keep him if you want to keep him I'm not even convinced that Spurs right now uh, have decided if they really wanted to keep him because if they had 
they would have gone already, okay, this is what we're offering you. You know, we promise you this, 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 and that. No, we want haven't. you to start. And they haven't, right? No, they're being coy. And I think, again, I think Fabio Paratici's future, the uncertainty there sure, as well, which plays into it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a big situation of flux, a big situation of, of I think, instability right now. And, and I think, I mean, this is a conversation for another time, but I think it's a broader issue, I think, in English football. When you think about this, right? Chelsea, obviously a spit show, right? Yeah. Liverpool, up for sale and a spit show right now, right? Yeah. And I say spit because I don't want to use the other uh, rude <laughs> word. Tottenham, you have a manager, you know, we, we've just described the uncertainty there, yeah. probably up for sale too. Um, Manchester United, doing well, but up for sale. Mm. Manchester City facing God knows what punishment, yeah. possibly, if they can't, uh, if they can't get, you know, if they don't win their case. And who's top of the table? <laughs> yeah. Arsenal right now are the beacons of stability among <laughs> yeah. the big six. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable when you yeah, think yeah. about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much in flux, and we're privileged here at the Gavin Jewel Show that we can tell you all about it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough London bias. How about some quick hits instead? <laughs> Let's go, guys. Top of the table cash in the Bundesliga. Jules and Bayern demolish oh. Union Berlin early and often on their way to a 3-0 victory. Yeah. Uh, producer Freddie, very dejected, very of course. Very sad. Your thoughts? Can, can we just officially declare the Union, Union fairy tale over? Or are we still going to look at the table and be like, oh, don't keep over. Oh, they're still there. They're still around there. They, 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 they might have a, you know, a role to play in this title race, maybe not between Dortmund and, and Bayern, although Leipzig are not too far either, maybe. They're still in the Europa League as well, so they, they knock out Ajax, so it's a great... The story is still great, the fairy tale is still great, but I think the difference between the two in terms of level and talent shows under the snow as well. Uh, massively, the, 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 one of the big mysteries of that game is why it took Bayern 30 minutes to score their first goal, really, maybe because Thomas Müller missed a sitter after five. But yeah, they were just too good. I think too it was also because he had to play movie. Pavard. Ah, stop it with your nervous. Pavard agenda. But Coman was great, Musiala was great. It was a really good performance from Bayern. I think Union also felt the tiredness from the Ajax tie four days before, which is understandable when Bayern had the whole week to prepare. Sadio Mane and Sadio Mane returned in that game. In this game, Gab playing his first minute since before the World Cup November 8th, I think was the injury That's or right. something like that. This is big for them. 
This is huge. And I feel like the world has forgotten about Sadio oh, Mane. Sadio. Um, Sadio Mane, fit Sadio Mane. And we saw him just accelerating away on that, on that counterattack after coming on. Fit Sadio Mane, I think, is a top 10 forward in the world. In yeah. fact, I'll tell you what, he might be a top 10 center forward if that's where they choose to play him. Sorry, Eric, Mike, Sam, Shupo, Moten. Ah, scored a great of, goal. Man. Yeah, he scored a nice goal, but, you know, realistically. Um, I think this is a game changer for, for Bayern. Uh, if he's fit, you put him in there, he's plug and play. He gives you that level of, of leadership. Um, you don't have to rely on Coleman staying hot and Nambri being a, being yeah. a good boy and, and Muller, you know, finding his place in the team. No, no, no. Sadio there, boom, we're sorted, right? Kimmich, Sadio, boom, ah. done. No, no, so honestly, yeah, like, yeah, I, no, I, I don't, you. I'm, I'm might, a huge fan. might need a bit of time to get into the rhythm again, you know, and stuff. But I, I, think, I think they will pretty quickly. Now, obviously, they have the big Champions League game coming up. Oh. Against, I forget against two, but, you know, if they can navigate that and yeah. you expect them to, um, I think they're in a really good position. Yeah. Manchester United beat Newcastle at Wembley to win the League Cup, Ooh. the first trophy of the Eric Ten Hag era. Yeah. Jules, few would have imagined this given the start of the season <laughs> he had with that Brentford game, with all the Cristiano yeah. stuff, yeah. with the weird social media posts. Yeah, yeah, the Brighton defeat first, then the Brentford defeat away. Everything that's happened, to be fair, to see where they are now, the progress that they've made, the discipline they installed in their squad, uh, the way the players have responded to, the unity that you see. First trophy in six years for Manchester United. That's a long time for a club like that. Uh, it was very impressive. Casemiro, who I think you and I thought it was a great signing, but maybe not as good, certainly not with an impact as big as yeah, he's had You can expect him to be so scoring far. goals as well. Yeah, uh, incredible leadership and everything. And I tweeted yesterday, Casemiro wins you trophies. This is what he does. I think he's a, he's a clutch player, born winner. And when you add Lissandro Martinez and Varane behind him, they were very, very solid in that second half. They just controlled the game so well. So well done to Ten Hag, who deserves a lot of applauds and credit. And meanwhile, were you disappointed Gal in Newcastle? Because, right, for those of us who live in London, for those of you who all heard about the Newcastle stories, the 40,000 Geordies, and by the way, the 40,000 Geordies are probably 30,000 United fans yeah, as yeah, well, yeah, the 40,000. Yeah, it's just that, you know, many of them live down south and they're, they don't all gather in Trafalgar Square. <laughs> yeah. um, and they come more often too. And they come, they're, they're more used to coming down here. But I, I thought, <laughs> I'm playing Callum Wilson up front. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just thought the... I think it's going to go down as a, as a missed opportunity. People say, oh, no, but they're already ahead of schedule. Or yeah, whatever. they're going to come back. Forget the grand trajectory. Yeah, Think of the here yeah, and now. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see your point. I thought they were very safe and solid in what they, they do, and they did. They know exactly what to do. They, they still move the ball really well. They're very solid. Mm. It's, you know, it's a goal. It's a, it's a deflected goal. It's an non-goal, really. And it's a set piece that they conceded. Then United were better in the first half, but this is still the two goals that they conceded. Uh, but I think they liked the spark and maybe it came, Almiron was quite quiet, Sam Maximan had the ball and then apart from the first half when he, he sent Dalot to buy the hot dog, <laughs> there was maybe not enough of that, I don't know, but yeah, I agree with you, I, th I thought they liked a bit of something. And shout out to Loris Carius, whatever you think yeah. of him, and I'm biased yeah, obviously yeah, because yeah. his girlfriend happens to be Italian, but yeah. it was nice for him to have he a was. final where it doesn't fall apart and also kind of crazy to me that you play in a final with your fourth choice goalkeeper. That's it's crazy. That's un unbelievable. It's crazy. And meanwhile, Gab, Avram Glazer was up in the stands celebrating, sat next to Richard Arnold. Does this mean that maybe the owners may rethink their plans to sell the club? Okay, so as far as you can do, Avi Glazer doesn't actually have a real job. He can do whatever he wants, right? No, no, Joel runs the club, right? Yeah. So 
If I'm a glazer, it's good for him to. It's good for him to turn up, though. Good for him to show up, yeah, be in the stands, hang out with Richard Arnold. Um, you know, I, it shows you're coming to the club, have a fun day out. It turned out to be a fun day out. <laughs> I think the Glazers are going to do what they've always done. What benefits the Glazers? I, I still think there is a scenario where it's possible that Joel and maybe Avram might buy out some of their siblings and take yeah. on a st- bigger role at the club. It's possible they'll sell part of the club. Pops will sell all the club, but. No, this is normal. Having your owner there for a game is, is normal. For final is normal. Let, let's just be very clear <laughs> yeah. on that. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli strike gives Arsenal a 1-0 win over Leicester City, which means they stay top of the table with a two-point lead. And, of course, they still have the game in hand as yeah. well. Jules, I thought they were far more dominant than the scoreline suggests. Yeah, I agree with you, Gab. I thought it was very impressive the way they controlled that game from start to finish, really. They scored one goal. They had the other one disallowed after the foul from White on Wards. By the uh, way, the fight, by the way, on, <laughs> I know it's not in the rules. You should just get an automatic red card for being stupid. Nah, just, that's a bit Because with VAR, unless Paul Tierney and Lee Mason are on the VAR together, there's no way you think you're going to do that and get away with it. Nah, no. Yeah, it's true. But it was a good finish, but in the end, it didn't matter so much Arsenal won. But when you only really give Leicester, the home side, a, a long-range shot in that second half from Drewsbury Hall, I think the XG was 0.02, something like that. It was, it was really good from a defensive point of view from Arsenal as well. So and Shout out to Georgie too. Yeah, very Thank good you. game. He finishes 1-1 in the Madrid derby as 18-year-old Alvaro Rodriguez comes on to score the equaliser for your boy Carlo Ancelotti. Gab was a fair result, you'd say? Um, it was an important result because it keeps them within seven points. Yeah. Um, if it actually gained ground on Barcelona, look, uh, they're always you know managers look at these these things in threes, right? And it comes in between a difficult trip to Anfield, mm-hmm. and then of course they've got the Clasico against Barcelona in in, in the Super Cup in the Copa del Rey. Sorry, the Super Cup, the Copa del Rey on Thursday, and so. He changed things around. I thought the midfield of Camavinga, Ceballos, and sorry, not Camavinga, Cross, um, yeah. Ceballos, and uh, and Valverde. I thought they did the job defensively, held the pitch well. Ceballos was fine, but they didn't deliver much service to the frontman. Benzema, I thought, was really poor. Yeah, Vinicius Vinicius couldn't find well. space. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a great performance, but I want to say about this guy Alvaro Rodriguez. A tremendous header, although uh, he was completely unmarked. Really yeah. Tremendous header. Yeah. But what impressed me most about him is he came on with 13 minutes to go. It's only his second ever appearance, first ever appearance at the Bernabeu. And the first thing he does is he makes a mistake. He completely loses Jose Jimenez uh, on the goal, right? And in his mind, you know, you're a big, strong boy, you should jump. You screw up. And you know, like 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 they say that when Stone Cold Steve Austin used to talk about how he still got up, right? And yeah, the number of times yeah, you get knocked yeah. down, number of times you get back up, he got right back up. Yeah. And that to me means more than than the header or whatever. It's the mentality this guy has. The guy went in there, could have cost his team the derby. What does he do? He goes right back, and he's there to uh, to head it home for the equalizer. Yeah, I, mean, I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, yeah. Sticking with the Derby Jewels, not a happy day for Atletico. No. Reynaldo gets injured and will likely no. miss the rest of the season. What did you make of that red card for Ángel Correa and Antonio Rudiger? So on Reynaldo, maybe one of, the best def- one of the best defenders in La Liga this season. And to see him doing his ACL like that, and you can see on the replay the knee turning. It's, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking for him, of course. On the red cards, I mean, Rudiger, as we know... Likes to provoke all the time, you know, play those kind of man games. And I think Correa just responds, gives him the elbow in the chest. I think Rudiger makes him yeah. like a meal out of it. But I can see why Gil, Gil Manzano, and you see him explaining to Correa, you, you, you elbowed him in the chest. 
Is that enough for a red? I'm not so sure. There was, I, you know, 64th minute it was, I think. I think in a derby, it's a big call to make. It's I think I think Rudiger also, like, I, I like I like the way he plays the game. I like the intensity. He's a, he's a smart man. He's an interesting guy. He's a great leader. I, I don't need, think you need to go. And no. some of the, the, the reaction afterward was, was OTT. Yeah. yeah, I agree. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Barcelona could have gone 10 points clear then. Instead, the gap over Real Madrid is not just seven as they lose away to Almeria, who was second from bottom before the game. Gab, Xavi said it was one of the worst performances of the season. Yeah, and I'm not going to argue with him because Xavi it knows. Was it, was, it was really bad. Obviously, you, you know, the, the absence of Pedri, very, very palpable. But Still a very good team. A very good team on paper. It's not just that. Also, the absence of, of Dembele, Rafinha on the bench. I'm sorry. I need to see more in terms of creating chances rather than just always having players around the box and waiting for the one-on-one. Because crossing if Dembele is not there, you're not going to get the one-on-one. Right? Ferran four, Torres isn't going to go and beat anybody one-on-one. They had one-on-one. 47 crosses. They crossed the ball. 40, this is Barcelona team we're talking about. Yeah. 47 crosses. What is that? Like Stoke City under Tony Pulis? What's yeah. going on? <laughs> The other, that's 47 crosses. 47 crosses? I'm like, what? Um, it reminds me of that, that, that famous United against yeah, Stolen game Morris when, when Dan Byrne headed the ball away like 88 times. Um, <laughs> the other thing, okay, Xavi, you know when you were playing, like it was late in the game, Pep says, okay, Gerard Piquet, go up front. Yeah. Okay, that might have worked a few times then, but the reason it worked is because he didn't do it all the time. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't want to see Araujo in the box as your emergency center forward. Find another way to score. I agree. Find another yeah. way to go and score. Yeah. Okay, as simple as you don't need to do this. You're better than that. And please stop playing with Garcia. I mean, the guy should not even be playing football. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, this was terrible from Eric Garcia. I don't even know how I can make that team. So what struck me about that counterattack? Okay, so obviously it's Christensen who gets beat, right? Yeah. And I don't think Christensen is great either. Christensen doesn't even have the opportunity to go and jockey him because Garcia is not coming across <laughs> to cover for him. I mean, it I, was just like the guy was sweating the awful. whole 65 minutes he was on the pitch. Paris Saint Germain manhandled Marseille 2 0. And the stars of the show are, no surprise, Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi. Uh, are you going to give all the credit to them or yeah. save some of it for Christophe Gauthier no, as well? nothing to him. Uh, but my word, the masterclass from the double M. I loved it. Oh, it's not M and M No, no. I'm forgetting about the end. I've said to you, they play better with only two of the three. Uh, Messi, two assists, one goal. And, and Kylian, two goals, one assist. Obviously, the three of them combining. The third goal especially, the volley from Mbappe, the, the little sort of like little chip from Messi. is just brilliant. They could have scored four or five. Marseille had two really good chances towards the end and Donnarumma made two big saves. But yeah, it was one of the best performances, if not the best performance from PSG this season. And maybe it was not surprising considering the lineup. And you know, Can we definitively say that Paris Saint-Germain have the better 22-year-old Portuguese Vicinha? 
Yeah, I think we can say uh, that. He was really good. That was his best performance as well. Napoli beat up Empoli away 2 0, and the gap over second place is now 18 points. Gab, I'm going to ask you if you're ready to crown them as champions. They're not champions yet, but oh, you know what that means? On. That means that the best is yet to come. Victor Seaman scoring again. again. Um, like I, I thought they were in control. Obviously, there was, there was the own goal uh, for the opener. They, they could have had more. They're rolling. Uh, 18 points with, is it 15 or 14 yeah, games yeah, ago? 14. Look, the rule of thumb, if it's more points than games... You're looking pretty darn good. <laughs> really funny. They, uh, they interviewed Fabio Carnavaro uh, on Italian TV, and they asked him about it. And he's like, I'm not talking. And he just picked up, and he just walked away. Don't want to the it. are really superstitious, yeah, and I'm going to just yeah. stop now because they're going to come after me for jinxing them if I say anything. Manchester City destroyed Bournemouth 4-1 away, bouncing back after back-to-back -back yeah. draws. Jules, time to give me some Ooh. percentages on the Ooh. title race. Let's wait until the Arsenal-Everton game in hand, and then City and Arsenal will have the same amount of games played. We will know exactly. Know what's what. Exactly. So I give you percentages on Thursday, that's for sure. Liverpool are held to a scoreless draw away to Crystal Palace. Gab Jürgen Klopp says it was a good point. Yeah, he said that. But this is not a season they will look back on, right? No, uh, the only reason you would look back on this season is say, what mistakes did we make? How could we learn from this? How can we do better? I thought it was interesting that in this game, he chooses to play James Milner in midfield. I think he was sending a message to some of his players like, look, this is an old pro. This is what you do. This is how yeah. you settle it. Um, What's the logic behind Keita, though? Because that, that was really the logic that was a terrible Kent, choice. Making the same mistakes that he made before. What's the Don't logic play him. Cody Why are you Gak playing Gakpo? him in a game like that when you know it's going to be physical? Where the guy. Uh, only good news is Jogo Jota's back. Um, and, but still not back to his best. But look, they can finish top four. They have to believe that. This is their Champions League. Yeah. Huge win for Valencia. Ruben Baraja. They're still in the relegation zone, Jules, but they get three points over Real Sociedad, who now have just one win in their last yeah, five. Tough uh, for La Real. And for Valencia, a huge, huge win. I mean, even with players missing, uh, to, to come out and win that one for Barha, mm. you saw how much he meant to him. It was very, very impressive. Heartbreaking so well the Zubeldia on yeah, goal. Yeah, that's true. Milan beat Atalanta 2-0 to move back into second place in Serie A. Gab, have they turned the corner with their more sort of workman-like approach? With the, the back three the is back certainly three helping them. Yeah, yeah I this think so. Chao was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> what can you say about it? Tomorrow he turned the corner uh, as well. And Matteo back as well to his best. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 all, it's all helping. Um, I don't know that this is how they want to play necessarily going forward, but right now it's the right recipe and there's definitely a bounce about them. Yeah. Two big returns for the Rossoneri in that game, Jules. Yes. Magic Mike Magnan back after five yeah. months. And Slatan Ibrahimovic back after 10 months. Who are you more excited for? Both of them. My, Magic Mike is back and clean sheets. Is it a surprise coincidence? I don't think so. Uh, although you don't have much to do, to be fair. And for Ibra, at 41 and 145 days, oldest Serie A player, like outfield player to play in, the, in, in Serie A, which is amazing. Uh, to come back like that, he played a few minutes. You would expect him, hopefully, no setbacks, and that he can, you know, he can play more and more now and build on on that. But it was really good. It was such a perfect evening, really.
from a he, Milan point of view. He needs to come back next season and uh, play in the Champions League so he can uh, break Good, yeah. Francesco Totti's record. That's it's the true. oldest ever. Or the, the least young, I think. The least the young, yeah. That's the way to it, yeah. Uh, incidentally, he's doing his bit for me then. He also joked that, like, oh, yeah, well, if I come next year, back next year, I'll take less money so they'll have more money left over to re-sign Rafael Leal. No, I don't know if it's true. Right, I was okay. joking. I somehow don't think it was. A goal from Julian Brandt gives Borussia Dortmund a 1-0 win over Offenheim and they are joined top in the Bundesliga with Bayern, Gab. It's nine wins in nine now for Edin Terzic. Yeah, look, I, I think this is really yeah. phenomenal because, um, you know, in the end, uh, th this is a team that was a byword for instability. Yeah. Now, Knock on wood, Sebastian Haller back. So you've got, you know, you have an offensive terminus. Emre Sean has decided to be fit for a period of time and has yeah, played really well in midfield. They don't um, concede, which they used to always, you know, concede be yeah. shambolic defensively. Schlotterbeck and, uh, and Nicholas, Nico yeah. and, uh, and Nick are Nico going and to Nick. part. Um, and, you know, and what was impressive for me, this, is the, this game against Hoffenheim aren't good, right? But this is the game where we see them like, oh, look, we just had a good performance. Yeah, now what do we do? Oh, look, let's mail it in against this rubbish yeah. team away from home and, like, do something stupid. Uh, but they didn't. And they didn't, even though Adeyemi, another great story, right? At the start of the season, like, looked, looked terrible. Yeah. They didn't want him. Uh, and then they got a bit of luck, too, because how did Julian Brandt score the goal? With his back. I know. With his, I don't know. I don't know. He bends down because he wants to miss the ball, and somehow, like, it hits his back <laughs> and bounces over the keeper. But you need that. Yeah. What are you going to say? Yeah. Leipzig, Rasenballsport Leipzig, yes. as they like to call themselves, they follow up their draw against Manchester City by beating Eintracht Frankfurt 2-1. Jules, they're four points back. Are they still in the title race? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they play Dortmund next weekend, so we will have a better idea. Someone will have to stop their, their really good runs of, of result, but they were very solid against Frankfurt. They were really good. They've got Nkunku coming back from injury, who came on again. Uh, for the last 25 minutes or so. so. Did you didn't Kuku back when the little pixie Emil Forsberg score, keeps scoring goals? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I would still trust Nkunku a bit more, but at least this team is going to be better when Nkunku is fully fit and, 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 and going again and scoring again. So good times as well, I think, for Marco Rosa. Well done, the job he's doing. Inter, meanwhile, follow up the Champions League victory over Porto with a disappointing defeat against Bologna. And Lautaro Martinez is not happy, Gab. No, he's not happy. He he came out afterwards and he talked about how they need to do better and 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 they need to be they need to be more consistent to look at themselves because you know people are putting up all sorts of theories about why it's not working, how it's not working. The inter defenders come out and say, "Oh, but look, you know, they they could go through the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They're second in the league and they're in the semifinals of Coppa Italia or whatever." Yeah, I know, but you can't put in performances like this. Yeah, something um, missing, definitely. People are blaming the, the squad rotation, and people say, oh, but you know, top teams in Europe don't rotate. Well, guess what? This is an old team. The average age is 30. They have no choice. They have to rotate. Yeah. And uh, by the way, they're going to probably, they, had a, they, they spoke to Chelsea about the Lukaku situation. Chelsea quoted their price uh, for letting them keep Lukaku another season, 8 million euros. Uh, plus four million euros in bonuses to keep Lukaku. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, they, they want to use Lukaku to fund Joel Felix. Maybe I don't know, I don't but know. Uh, I, I think uh, those numbers ain't gonna work. Yeah. Wild game in Sevilla, Jules. Uh, Another defeat for buddy Jorge Sampaoli, this time against Osasuna. Yeah, that was bad. Bunu is not going to want to watch that game again. And they lost at PSV Eindhoven 2 0 and almost were pegged. They won the first leg 3 0. That second leg, they lost 2 0. It could have even gone to extra time. 
they looked shaky already and not really at their best on Thursday night. And now on Sunday, this defeat, uh, let's not forget, things are going to be better. They've improved a bit, but they're still very much in that dogfight at the bottom of the table or the second half of the table. So really bad, bad defeat for them for Osasuna. Really good win considering other teams around them uh, drop points at the weekend. Leeds beat Southampton 1-0 in a clash of newly installed managers. Gab, you want to talk about Ruben Sayers, I imagine? I do. Now Southampton were bad and maybe they'll go down, but... I want to just play off, which is mean, my bully pull move off, uh, uh, something I tweeted this weekend. Um, what I like about Ruben Sayas is that this is another one of those prototype people who becomes a manager the hard way. And if yeah. you look at the route that people take to become coaches in U.S. sports, for example, it's not like... I don't know. It's not like LeBron James retires in a few years and he goes to to, 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 to coach the Cleveland Cavaliers. No, the, the in football you got to start at the bottom. Even if you've been even if you've been successful, maybe this is why ex players have made a ton of money and so they don't want to do it because they they don't need the stress and yep. they don't need the money. This guy, I mean, he's worked in in a whole bunch of of, of, of weird countries from. Norway, I think, was he? He was at Karabag. Yeah, yeah. He was an assistant for a million years. Never played professionally. Um, got a university degree and a master's as well. He just knows a ton about coaching. We have to get. You can understand? It's a different skill set. Yeah. And this whole thing about oh, but having so and so, he's uh, you know he's got all this playing experience and he'll attract talent because he's a big name. I'm sorry, unless his first name is Diego and his last name is Maradona, uh, and he's left us by the way. Uh, it's not going to work that way yeah. because no matter how big a name you are, once you're in the dressing room, after two weeks, the player is going to be like, oh, yeah, he was a great player, but oh, yeah, do you know how you screwed this up? You know how you screwed that up? I mean, it doesn't matter how famous you are. Yeah. You will be questioned. Even Cruyff was questioned, okay? Yeah, 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 They're yeah. going to question you on Cruyff. You're going to question all these big names who decide to go to managers. And yeah. so I, I, I don't know. I think we're reaching that, that tipping point, and it's a fun game to play. Maybe we'll do a special segment on this one day. Rank the 20 managers, Premier League best league in the world, right? We agree? If we were to rank the 20 Premier League managers based on their playing careers, I think you would be surprised that once you get past the obvious Guardiola and whatever, once you get to like four or five, many of these guys were not good players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or they're players who took a long route afterwards to get back to the top. Yeah. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another big derby in Ligue 1 and Nice destroyed Monaco 3-0 <laughs> on the road. Jules, Sir Jim was very happy he in was the very happy, Yeah, because he saw his record signing Terem Mofi, who spent 30 million euros on in January, scoring his first goals for Nice. Two goals as well on the counter. Mo- and Monaco. the lesser Turam as well. Like, oh, and maybe some said he might even be better than his brother. In front of his dad, by the way, with a lovely, lovely goal to make it 3-0. Monaco still hurt, I Sorry. think, by the defeat on penalties to Bayer Leverkusen on but, Thursday in the Europa League playoffs. I, I so I think it was three goals in the first half, like yeah. in uh, in in the Paris Saint Germain game. Did, in the Nice the Nice Monaco game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how do you get exposed the same highlight? The first two goals were identical. Yeah, 
What what was was what Philippe Coman doing? Like, I think what, what? yeah, I think they knew they would have a lot of the ball. Uh, but Disassi makes a mistake on the first one; is is to be too short for the header. Uh, the second one is really a proper counter from I think even their set piece or something. Yeah, terrible goals to concede even the third one. It's worth fun. checking out the highlights on YouTube. You can see that there's an Aaron Ramsey appearance, him like waving his arms. But he's been end. amazing since the new manager arrived at Nice. Fantastic, like renaissance from Aaron Ramsey, uh, unreal. Andrea Agnelli tells Holland's The Telegraph newspaper that there is already a Super League in Europe and it's called the Premier League. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, you know what? Like, first of all, he's not the Juve president anymore. He's not, he's not really relevant anymore. And this is not something original to say. People have said this for a long time. The Premier League is dominant. But there's still something called timing. To say this in a week, I'm sorry, how many clubs, how many English clubs in the Champions League? This season, four? Yeah. Okay. There's four clubs, there's four English clubs in the Champions League. None of them League. won in the first league of the last 16. For well, the first time since 2014. Three of them lost, Yeah. right? Uh, this is not the time to say it. Like, this is not, like, come up with something more. You're going to go on about, well, uh, the Premiership General, Premier League generates four billion, the Liga. You're repeating the same nonsense as before. Um, it's just not, just come up with something original. Like, you've got time to think now, right? Yeah. Because you're no longer, you know, your time is all sucked up by being president of Juve. Um, <laughs> you know, find something else. I, I don't know. I, I, uh, there's a conversation to be had. He's not the one who yeah, should be in the I conversation. Agree. I agree. Um, James Ollie and others report that the contract between Arsenal and Bukayo Saka has been agreed. Yeah. Though it might right, take yes. time to work out the details. Yeah, it's a big contract, but obviously... It was a hugely important one for Arsenal, considering that you know he he, he would have become a free agent very soon, uh, and he's so instrumental and so important in everything that Arteta is building right now in the club. Are building, and he's you know he joined the club as a as a kid, went through the academy. I think it was very important on many levels for them to keep him. It looks that way now. It looks that he got, he's going to get the contract and the pay rise that he deserves too. So, which is, I think, a good thing for everyone. Why does when they say it might take time to work out the details? I don't think it would take that. Well, it's well, just well, that what if they, they agreed? Like, if they agreed the amount of money, what you're yeah, working no, out, like the bonuses, the car just, parking space, like what? No, it's what? just that they, I think they play a lot. You need a bit of time to, you know, for everybody to check things out. But yeah, I well, don't he's going to read the contract personally. He's not going to no, get no, some no, nerd no, no, lawyer. That, no, but in general, even you know, for for meetings for stuff like that. But I think the most important is not so much how long it takes. It's that they've agreed. Oh, you're right. It is the meetings. It's a bunch of meetings. It's lawyers paid by the hour. Oh, exactly. That's Let's go back is. on lawyers. Let's have a bunch of unnecessary More lawyers. More lawyers probably involved in this one as well because lots of talk about the government reforming uh, football here in England, Gab, and uh, the Football League really, would they really want 25% of the Premier League TV money? Well, basically, what they're arguing is that let's take a chunk of Premier League TV money, 25%, obviously, I don't think Premier League's going to give them that much, no. obviously, that would be a ton of money. But in exchange of that, let's get rid of parachute payments, because they say that parachute payments, which when a team gets relegated for a certain number of years, they get a big chunk of money to yeah. help alleviate the cost of going down, because the costs are much higher in the Premier League. Uh, but what it does is it distorts everything in the football league. They made the point that the team that, that won the championship last year, I think, got eight million, and the team who finished bottom last year got ninety-six million yeah. from the Premier League. Right? Um, I think there's a better solution in this. I think have some sort of centralized contract where, if you get rele relegated, then the, your salaries go down automatically by X percentage points. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's that difficult to do. You can pay money up front if people are reluctant. I don't think they'll, they'll be reluctant to come. Um, and you can sort it out that way. 
and that way you alleviate the thing and then you negotiate about the money but there is a fair point if i'm the premier league why should i keep subsidizing the football league to yeah. this level right yeah. do they produce definitely. this these many players no definitely not i think you need some data you need some real data about premier league players or where do they come from how many of them start out at league clubs yeah. and then you can start having a decision i think this is a tough negotiation and obviously the government is getting involved um france women's oh. national team Rock to their foundations. Wendy Renard, not happy, doesn't no. like the coach. But we know for a long time she didn't like the coach. Yeah, right? yeah. There have been tensions between Corinne Diak, the, uh, the France head coach, and, and most of the players, especially. Corinne Diak does not like very tall people. Is that right? She doesn't like many people for stop. Uh, and not many people like her. That's maybe certainly not her players, which is the, the most concerning here. Renard saying, I've had enough. Unless she goes, I'm not coming back. I'm not playing for this national team ever again. Uh, Good thing there isn't a World Cup in a couple months, right? Exactly. And then, obviously, others followed. The captain, uh, like Katoto, like Diani, like others, to say, like, it's either us or her, basically saying that to the Federation. So I think Jack will have to get. Either she goes herself, if she has any pride, because it's clearly it's not working and there's no future for her, or the Federation has to get rid of her because... Because the players are clearly not happy. They haven't been Why happy for like a long her? time. Um, she's very difficult in the way she manages to start with. Uh, not just the discipline, because I thought discipline is good, it's good in a way. But her, the way she, she works, her attitudes, the fact that she, not even in her own staff, not people can work with her a lot. Uh, is, is, has proved very difficult. And I think event, at the end, at the bottom line is that a lot of the players don't find her good enough anyway right. for that and so it's not a case where she's difficult but she's such she's exactly that she's you, such a great tactical genius or whatever you put up with it that you bear with it yeah, exactly cut heroes the next zen man he's on his way back into management gab tell us more yeah, you talk wow. about people who revolutionized the game as we know it. Not really revolutionized. There's not that many people ended up following what he did. One of the most attack-oriented coaches, legendary former Lazio and Roma coach, great personal story. Um, 76 years old. Wow. Uh, he's going to go back to Pescara. It'll be his third time at the club. Yeah. Uh, it'll be his 24th club Incredible. overall. He brought them uh, up, of course, from Serie B to Serie A when he had... Verratti, Mobile, Insigne in that incredible That's young right. team. That's right. Well remembered. Yeah, no. He also broke scoring records with lot. He's the only, I think he's the only player in history, he's the only coach in history who is adored by both fans of Lazio <laughs> and of Roma. Uh, he managed Roma in two different spells, I think. Um, pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable character. And it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. It's I, I hope that at it's 76 years of, of age, I still, want, I still want to get up and work. Yeah. I, I, I hope that. I still want something that gives me joy. Not a bad weekend for Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. Jules. He bags a hat-trick in Al Nasser's 3-0 win yeah. against something called Damak. Yeah. And then gets to see Tommy Fury beat Jake Paul, which I know you were very excited about. Yeah, yeah he was there, of course. There was a few uh, big names and big influencers, big people at the, the influencer boxing fight, if you want to call it that but way. nobody no bigger than Cristiano. Nobody bigger than Was Kabi there? Of course. I didn't see him. Didn't right. see him. But he still is not. Kabi, if you were there, Fami Sapere, okay? Yeah, yeah, but still not big. But well done to Cristiano. Hatrick in the first half as well to take his team top of the table as well. So, pretty good weekend overall. You I, I think I'd be more excited to watch Tyson Fury yeah. beat up Logan Paul. Tommy Fury is a Love Islander, basically. <laughs> I mean, that's what <laughs> And Gab, Super Mario Balotelli is in the news again. What has he done this time? So, 
He plays for Sion in yeah, France, now, in, uh, in Switzerland, Switzerland now, right? And they lost at home to St. Gallen and not good, substituted, and the fans burned his jersey uh, in the stand saying <laughs> that he was being lazy and whatever. Um, I, I didn't realize that Swiss fans could be so yeah. unruly. You know, I thought, you know, usual thing, and you know, chocolate, banks, the TikTok, the cuckoo clock, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but no, apparently Super Mario can get under your skin that way. Yeah. I, I don't think he cares. I think, I think he's received enough abuse. I think he's he's fine. Yeah, you know, he's, he'll move on. He'll be back. Yeah, for sure. Jules, that brings us to an end. But we got to come back and do this again because yeah. it's the magic of the FA Cup this week. It is. Plus, possibly the return of Paul Pogba as well. And, Maybe yeah. Arsenal and have their game in Arsenal hand. Arsenal get to play their game in hand. Yeah, How about that? Big. And Liverpool in action as well. So when you come back, do all of this all over again on Thursday. Only better. Until then. As it says on my jumper, uh, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels.